Howdy and welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast. I'm Mike, he's Bobby, and today we're going to talk about how to improve retention for your membership. And this could be a membership site, it could be a membership like coaching and support community for a course like we have, um, or it could even be like a newsletter. You know, we talked uh, with Chris last week about his subscription newsletter, and there's a lot of those sort of things out there. So that's what we're going to talk about today because that's really, as much as we love recurring income, it can be tough at times to continue to grow that and beat what's called churn, which is the amount of people leaving the membership. And so there's, we're going to talk about some strategies that you can use to help you reduce your churn, keep members longer, improving your lifetime value. So that way you can hopefully get some positive growth and see your recurring subscription, beautiful revenue growing month after month. <laughs> yeah. And this has been a huge uh- for us, you know, it, for people that have been kind of following along with Laptop Empires, I guess we're in year three now. Uh, so the first year was just us launching the course, and then we had the membership group, and then the second year was, you know, really trying to lay down a solid, solid foundation uh, for everything. And just kind of, we never really had a foundation for the business. We just kind of did it on the fly, and then it was a, you know, we were making money, and then we kind of had to go back and retroactively make the blog and, and do all that kind of stuff. But now year three has been a lot of, uh, it's been a lot of optimization and it's been a lot of just trying to make things better. Um, so a lot of split testing so far uh, and then looking at all these different ways that we can, we can increase revenue um, with the people that we already have coming in and without necessarily just, you know, having to sell to more and more and more people, but, you know, get more, uh, get more right. revenue with the people and the customers that we already have, which I think is really important uh, because it's, it's easier to sell to your, your current customers and it's, and it's easier to, uh, increase revenue per customer than it is to bring new customers in. Sometimes, well, right. not easier. I'm sorry, but it's it well, is no, a more no. sustainable it's business model. I think than just trying to get more sell, people. Yeah, it's definitely easier to sell to people that have bought from you before because the trust is already there and you've already blown their mind with your amazing products. But it's also easier to hold on to a prospect, like when it's say a membership. It's easier to keep that person than to find somebody new. Right. And I say easier, but what I should really say is the acquisition cost of keeping a customer is easier than finding a new customer. And so, you know, you you mentioned like all the things we've been doing. I think last year was a lot of laying the foundation to bring in traffic. And this year has been like year one was like creation. Last year was like bringing in traffic, more organization with the team. And this year is more about, okay, how can we keep and convert more of the traffic that we had. And so that's where we're getting into this. And this is a great, this is a great timing with the episode um, at coming after last week. You know, we, we planned this obviously, but you know, we talked to Chris last week about his newsletter and you know, it's a little easier at times with a physical newsletter to keep that person because they're getting it and they want, you know, they're getting that physical thing and they're excited to get that physical thing in the mail. 
But when you have like a, a an online membership portal type thing, where you have content gated content that they're paying for, you, you have to be careful because you can get into a situation where they're seeing you charging them, but they're not participating and they're not using right. it. And so they don't have that reminder of the value. And so therefore they they're going to cancel it. And so the first thing that I think we should talk about is called activation, which is just means it's just the importance of getting people to participate and be part of what you're doing. And so specifically it's, it's been proven that when you can activate a client, which I'll define in a second, they're more likely to stick around and pay your subscription for more months and they're going to have a longer lifetime value. And activation basically means get them to take action and use whatever it is you have. So let's take the standard membership platform, which is going to be, let's say, video and or written content online in a password protected website, generally with some sort of forum or Facebook group where people can communicate. Activation would be joining the community, joining the Facebook group, and consuming content. Those are your two points of activation. And so you're really going to want to work to activate as many of your customers as possible. And this is especially true when you have like us, where we have a course that has, we give away a free month of coaching and support in our community, and then they can take it or leave it. The more people we can get to join the group and see the value of it and consume the content and ask our coaches questions, the more likely they are to stay. Whereas people that never join the group, we're very likely going to lose that subscription. It's going to increase our turn rate. So you really want to get people activated. That's the first step. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you know, especially with what we do, it's, it's not that difficult to do. I mean, for, for us, when people buy our course, they, they get obviously the course material, but we want to get them into the private coaching group as soon as possible. And, and one of the ways that we do that is in the first module of the actual course itself. Like whenever people, you know, get into the content, mm-hmm. um, the first thing is, Hey, go make sure you go and join the group. We're trying to get people into the group as soon as possible. You can also do it through uh, email automations, right? You, you deliver the course to people and then you can put them in an, an automation that basically gets them to join the group, reminding them to join the group. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but I think that what you're saying is very important because it, once you get people in, they can see the value. Uh, it's very much like, you know, if you, if somebody pays for a cable every month and they don't actually use the cable, they're going to want to cancel it, right? Or they want right. to, they want to get out as soon as they get charged. And so our goal or is Netflix, stars, any of that kind of yeah. stuff. Like I think the TV ones are a really good example. Cause I know like I was watching billions on Showtime and then is I was getting billed for it, but I was done with that show and I hadn't really looked at any of the other shows. So I canceled it. But maybe if they had gotten me into another show, I would have continued to pay $7 a month or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think that, I think the Netflix one and Hulu and all the streaming services, it's a good model for what online businesses can do. Because if you look at what Netflix does or what they're all trying to do now, obviously they have onboarding, they try to get you to log into your account and, and create your account and all that kind of stuff. But they're also coming up with content of their own. You know, Netflix back in the day just used to be like, you know, old crappy content that was kind of like old movies and stuff like that. But now they're, they're really putting a lot of budget, at least in the last year, they put a lot of budget to making new content and really getting people engaged and sucked into their original content and brand. It makes people stick around longer um, and it keeps them entertained. So that's kind of the same thing. It's like, we want people to get into our world 
and then we want to basically not entertain them. We want to help them grow their businesses, but it's kind of the same concept. We want to get them hooked on our content so that they see the value and keep coming back for more and more. Yeah. And taking action is so important. So like when we're doing things like Bobby mentioned, automated email, this is something we're trying to improve right now. So we're trying to send them emails that get them, Hey, go join the group. Okay. Now you've started, start with this content. This is really important. Watch this first, get them to go consume a piece of content. Okay. You finish that. Now go consume this piece of content. Okay. You're doing such and such go into the group. Like maybe it's choosing a client acquisition strategy. You know, we might do something that's like, hey, go in the group and say, my goal is to reach this many clients and I'm going to be focusing on this strategy to get there, right? And it's creating engagement in the community, but now it's forcing them if they haven't joined, they're going to join. They're posting. So we're getting them to activate by taking action. And then we're binding them to the community because if somebody comes in there and does something like, hey, I'm getting started, I'm just starting my journey or here's what I'm planning to do our community that we've already established is going to rally around that. And they're going to put gifts and comments. and They're going to say, congratulations, great job. Here's a tip for that strategy because I use that too. And there's going to be all this support. And that person's going to feel the love. It's going to help bind them to the community, which leads into the second thing after the active activation, which is member to member relationships inside of your tribe. If you've ever read that book, Tribe by Seth Godin, he talks about the different relationships in a tribe. There's leader to member, member to leader, member to member, and member to outsider. Those are the different forms of communication. And he talks about in that book that member to member is the most important relationship for you to develop because if people feel bound to that community and that cause and the people that are part of it, then they're going to want to stay. They're never going to want to leave just because they want to be part of that community. And we see that with our most successful students where they maybe don't need the support yet, but they want to have it just in case, but they really feel like part of the cause and they're helping other students and passing that along. So you want to foster those member to member relationships. So Bobby, can you talk a little bit about some of the different ways that we've done that, you know, both in our membership group, but I think even in like your free Facebook group is a good example as well, because it's important there just like it is in the membership. Yeah. So I I think that a lot of it comes down to kind of creating a family environment. I mean, it's kind of hard to always distill that into like step-by-step process or a step-by-step process for you to follow. But I think what it really comes down to is setting the example of what you want the interaction in the group to be like, first and foremost, like we, you know, this is something that we do all the time where we, we post content in the group um, and we, we, you know, really try to foster interaction and, but we're showing people how to interact in the group first. Right. So like once people kind of see if we're posting GIFs or if we're posting images and uh, we're, you know, we're posting interactive content, we're asking questions. What you kind of start to see is that it's like a trickle down effect. The more that we do that and the more that we model the behavior that we want to be in the group, then you start to see your students do that as well. And then you'll see once that starts happening, you'll have like students kind of doing their own thing, posting their own content, but it's in the style that you did. And then you have other group members interacting with that. Uh, and the more that you can kind of get students interacting with other students rather than you just kind of speaking down to, you know, from the mountain to them, that's when you start to see kind of those interconnected relationships happen between student and student. Right. And then you just don't want to, you don't want to kill that. <laughs> like you want to foster that because a lot of times we'll have people ask if they can like buddy up. Um, we don't have like a, a necessarily like a program or anything like this where we like pair people up because that's not really how you want to handle it. Cause I think you could pair people that aren't 
necessarily wanting to be paired together and things like that. But we, we've let it happen organically. And like for a perfect example, we have two, two ladies in our group that are rock star students and they've become, you know, just from interacting in the group together. Um, and then they looked for, they were looking for accountability buddies in the group and they just paired up and now they're both in our 5k club. Um, and they're just like best friends now. And we we try to encourage that kind of interaction and, and get our students to start talking to each other, uh, help each other out, support each other. Uh, and so that, that all kind of comes from that modeling behavior. Um, and then you see it too, like when we, we answer questions and we answer, um, we, we troubleshoot students, uh, problems and things like that in the group, you start to see once your students see you do that, they start to do it as well. So then you have somebody posting in our group, for example, it's like they have, um, a problem with an ad or whatever, they need an idea. So they'll post and we have coaches and you and I are in there too. But a lot of times the students are starting to get to those things before we even do. Uh, And they've been in the group so long, they've seen how to interact. They're starting to help each other. Right. And so it's like that kind of helps build those interactions with each other. Uh, And then they start, you just see it like these people just kind of naturally start bonding together and then develop deeper relationships, uh, become really good friends, become, you know, business partners. Sometimes we've seen that in our group. Um, Yeah. It's, you know, we've seen a lot of, but I, I think it's, it starts from modeling the behavior in your group that you want to see. And then it kind of right. grows from there, you know, and then encouraging the behavior that you want when you see it. And I can think of one example with what you were talking about is if, if I ever see a student that is responding and has a really good answer, like a lot of times when I see a post in our community, I wait to respond. Because I want to give our coaches and our students an opportunity to respond. Because if I see a student that's been around and they provide a fantastic answer, then I will come in. I'll say, look, so-and-so totally nailed it, right? Everything they said is spot on. You know, I might add, you know, I would add this one thing, right? And now, like, I've just, I've encouraged that person. I've boosted their morale. They feel good. But now I've shown both the person that posted there and the other people that see that post in the community that like, okay, this is a supported behavior. Like us sharing our experiences, helping other people out, we're encouraging it instead of going in there and having to steal the thunder. And that has a lot of positive effects, like for growing that member to member tribe, but also allowing us to have when there's that much that many people that are contributing, we can focus on creating new and unique content that helps people implement instead of just reactionary responding to things, right? So there's a lot of positives there. I also can think of a few ways that that we like to encourage people um, or to create that behavior with the community. And that's if we find out that somebody had a big win, we find out mm-hmm. that somebody is struggling, or if somebody has a unique tip or has discovered something or, or has a, has a question, right? We will always encourage those people to go into the group and post about it. So if somebody comes to me with an idea or a question, I'm going to ask them to go post it in the group. That way everyone can benefit from it. Either everyone can benefit from the cool trick they discovered or everyone can benefit from the answer to their question. So then that's going to encourage more people to share ideas and questions. So we've seen that a lot lately where people are sharing ideas of how they can help their clients, you know, during everything that's going on with COVID-19, right? So we're seeing a lot of that kind of stuff as just as an example. The other thing is the wins and the struggles. We always encourage people, if they're really having a hard time, to post in the community because we know we've established a culture where everybody's going to support each other. And so they're going to get an outpouring of support 
They're going to get advice. It's going to help motivate them, help them feel better, help them get traction. And we want that. We want to encourage people that are ghosts in the community to be feel comfortable being vulnerable in that way. Same with wins. We always want to celebrate wins. And sometimes people don't, we always give people a really hard time when they don't share their wins. Like we find out like somebody is like doing like 10K a month in revenue or something. They haven't told us like that has happened before. We're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Post in the group, let us celebrate and do gifts and pop champagne and send you gifts and all of those things we do. Um, But you want that because when people see other people's successes, it makes them feel like I can do this too. And it gets them excited and it gives those younger people an opportunity or younger students, not necessarily young, you know what I mean? Uh, it gives them an opportunity <laughs> to be like, oh, cool. Like, what's the biggest thing you've learned? How did you do this? Like what they can pick their brains a little bit and get some nice little you know, nuggets of wisdom that this other student has gained in their journey. So I think encouraging your members to share their wins, share their struggles, ask their questions and share their ideas and tips. Like if you can do those four things, that's really going to help encourage that behavior in everybody else. Those are just some, I want to give you guys some actionable ways to do that. Yeah. I do think one of the other things that we did early on, and this is what I see, and I, this is, I do this in my own group for the Millennial Money Man community. If you want to create a, I'm going to say cult-like environment, but not actually like a bad cult. Like if you want to create a tight-knit community where people actually care about each other, um, one of the easiest ways and most effective ways to do that is to create an us versus them mentality. And one of the things when we started the Facebook side as well, this is very, this is very natural for us because it was just part of our mission. Anyway, uh, we, there's a lot of bad marketers out there and bad marketing strategies and just kind of shady stuff. And so we wanted our, uh, we wanted to, I remember we said this early on, we wanted to create an army of people that did it the right way. And, and we're, we're marketing the right way. Uh, so when people initially got into the group, we really pounded that message home of like, you know, we are ethical mar- uh, marketers and we're, we're here to help business owners and not just, you know, do sleazy, you know, sales tactics and things like that. And like, we wanted to really, really set ourselves apart as a community of like people that do it the right way. And once you do that, you, once you create that us versus like us, the ethical marketers versus the people that do shady stuff all the time, you draw people in because people like being included. Like, yeah, they're in the private group for the course, but they like being included in, in something that's special and different. And so if you can figure out a way to do that with your own brand, what happens is you create that, that tight knit community around your brand very quickly because people are automatically going, I'm part of this thing. And I like being part of this thing. And that's as humans, we love that. We love to be you know, included in some exclusive group. And so if you can find something around your brand, your messaging, that is going to create that us versus them mentality. And it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's not like you're, we're trashing, you know, we don't ever go into our group and just like trash other marketers. It's not what it's about, but it's about no, saying, no, hey, no. here's, here's what we're about. This is what we're about. This other stuff is out there, but this is what we do. And that's really powerful. I think to bring people in and get them to be close to, um, you know, close with each other. Yeah. But part necessarily part of building a close knit tribe and which obviously helps with your retention but part of, of creating a tribe means the exclusion of other people, right? That's just, that's just part of it. And that, and that happens in so many areas of your life. It might happen with your, might happen with your religion. It happens with sports. It happens with colleges, like all of these different things, you know, (laughs) Bobby and everybody always kind of joke about like how much, you know, uh, A&M, Texas A&M clothing I have, or just memorabilia all over. And, but that's, you know, my college 
has a, has this large student body that has a lot of tradition and we drink the Kool-Aid and it's a tribe in that in that sense, you know, where it's we all are very passionate about it. And so you want to create that kind of almost if you can create like the sports fandom loyalty inside of your business and your membership, then you will never struggle to you know with revenue because your members are going to do all of the marketing for you and it's going to be the most powerful marketing that you could ever do. So yep. I think this was all really good about like the actions of your members activating talking about member to member relations. So then just some like technical stuff that we should probably talk about are teasing what's coming the next month to get people to stick around, right? Always having that thing that they really desire to be around for. Okay, I want to learn about that. And always having that. Um, and then the other is increasing your lifetime value. One of the best ways we found to do that is annual memberships. So, Bobby, I'll let you kind of pick which one you want to tackle or go after. But I think those are the last two things we should talk about. Yeah. So as far as, you know, letting people know what's coming up, that, I think that that's something that we established very early. Uh, and I think it was it was done really well um, as far as live training. So we have live trainings in the group every week. Um, that's one of the big benefits of our coaching community. Um, you know, they get a coaching call with either me one week or you. And then we have uh, a community manager that also does other trainings with guests. And so what we what we do is we have a system where our community manager, Mel, she announces whatever the live training is going to be for that week on Monday. And then uh, I can't remember, does she do one more does she do yeah, she no? does. She does like one at the beginning of the week and then a reminder the day of. Yeah. The, yeah. So she she'll post in the group and say, hey, guys, here this coming Monday, here's what's happening. Here's the training that's going to be, you know, that we're doing. Here's who's going to be on it. Uh, this is the time for the training. Make sure you're there. And then the day of usually it's Thursday. It just kind of depends on the day. But then she'll post, hey, guys, the training is today. And then uh, once we go live with the training, she'll post all the links in the group and make sure everybody knows, hey, training is happening right now. Go ahead and join us. And then after that training happens, we, we post the, the live recording and we put it in the file section of the group. But the big thing is we're telling people and we're trying to make sure people are activated and they know that there are, there's a training. Here's a reminder for the training. Come to the training. Because the more people you can get onto those trainings, the more people are going to be engaged with your content. They're going to stay in the group longer. They get more value. Um, so we're, we're always doing that. And, you know, we probably, one of the things that we've been looking at is just making sure that we get the calendar even further out so we can kind of announce right. what's happening further. It's, it's hard to do that. And that's something that we've been kind of working on, but um, that's kind of the next step for us. But even just that weekly, like, Hey, here's what's coming up. Here's what's coming up, you know, this week or whatever uh, is, is huge for um, keeping your people engaged. Yeah. And doing that and, and kind of promoting what's coming, you know, having, even like a calendar, you know, I mean, that would be great. Like we're still trying to figure out how to best do this, but I would love it if we had a calendar where it was like, here's what's coming this week. But I think even doing something as simple as saying, you know, having a page in your membership, like, like a calendar page or an announcement, you know, where it's like, here's the next five trainings coming up. We have so-and-so doing such and such, you know, and just it's listed out where the more you can have that set out, the more people are going to want to stick around because they're going to go, okay, I'm really interested in that one out of those four. Maybe they're interested in all of them, but I know personally, I have stuck around in memberships because there was one thing I wanted to learn. And that's often how it is in business where there's, they might be generally interested in everything, but there's always like that one thing that's a problem for you right now. And maybe it's three weeks out. And you're, you're, so you're going to stick around one more month, 
but then you stick around and then, oh, there's another thing. And it's just this constant, another thing, another thing, another thing. And you want to keep feeding your audience with that. So just the further out you can list that. And this isn't something we do a great job of, like being completely honest. It's something that we're trying to improve. Um, all of this retention stuff is stuff that we're trying to improve. But that is something you can do that is effective. And it's one of those things we're trying to do a better job of. Yeah. And then the other is the, is increasing lifetime value, which obviously teasing the content that's upcoming gets people to stay longer. But you know, if you know your lifetime value, you're able to get people into annual plans to maybe extend that lifetime value. So you might, you know, for example, if you know people join your membership and they only stick around for four months, then you could even do something like crazy, like, well, hey, when you sign up for a year at it's 50% of the cost. Well, now you're right. getting six months of pay instead of four months. Like you're you're essentially growing your income, your revenue by 150%. Um, and that can be really powerful. And I can think of a specific instance of this. We knew with one of my clients, he was doing two months free for his annual plan. He had, uh, I've talked about him on here before, but it was a fitness membership, $37 a month for group coaching, online group coaching. You get your nutrition, your plans, all that stuff. And um, he was selling an annual plan for 10, two months free. And we started to look at his analytics and we realized that people, depending on, we had two main areas people joined. And one of those had a seven month retention and the other one had a 6.1 month retention. And so we changed his annual plan to where you got four months free because we knew he was getting an extra one to two months on any of those. And ever since we did that, he's getting more annual plan signups than he's getting regular month-to-month signups. And so it's added a ton to hit the, his bottom line. And then those are you those are recurring, you know. So then the next year people are signing up again. And sometimes, you know, people go, Oh no, I don't actually want to continue. But more often than not, they do because they love the community, they want to be a part of it. And so he's greatly increasing his retention and eliminating churn by turning it from 12 subscriptions in a year to one. And I mean, so just out of curiosity with that, were you using bare metrics for, to track that? Yeah. For him, we were using bare metrics and connecting it up to his stripe, which is, I don't know now, but it was, uh, I think we used all we did, I think is we did a free trial and gathered all of the back data and found out what his LTV was and then canceled it. Um, yeah. but they have, they have a pay, a paid one, but that's a very easy, you just connect it to your payment processor and it'll spit out those numbers for you. Yeah. So I, you know, cause I'm sure people were sitting there if they were like, well, how do I actually figure out my LTV? So there are, there, there's software that you can use. Bare metrics is one. We, we, we use Woopro, which is like a little bit, it, well, it's more of an advanced, like enterprise level suite kind of thing of tracking. So I don't know if necessarily everybody would st- start out with that, but there are programs where you can, <laughs> you know, like you said, connect it to your, connect it to your Stripe. Uh, and then you can track the, you know, how many recurring um, subscriptions come in. And I think that's really valuable because once you know that number, then it makes the whole, you know, beating the churn and optimizing it, it. You know, you can't do it if you're flying blind and you have no idea how long people actually stay in your group. There are things you can do to theoretically you know, make those things better. Like we talked about with activation and uh, onboarding sequences and community and all of that. But um, we're getting to the stage now where we're really looking at those numbers 
you know, really heavily. So we can, we can squeeze more juice, you know, basically just get, you know, more revenue per customer and really expand that. And, you know, I, and I kind of, it's like, I feel bad that I've said that a couple of times, like getting more revenue per customer. Um, and that's what it is from a business, like number standpoint that everything we're talking about, like you are trying to get more revenue, but at the end of the day, the way that that happens is by providing more value to the customer, right? Your, your students, right. you're trying to make it better for them. So like from the numbers, like the accounting side, it's like, yeah, we want to get more money per person. But we also, in doing that, we want to make sure that we're helping people get the desired result. And that's what I think is is really cool about all this because it's like, yeah, you're getting people to stay in the group for longer. But if they, let's say they stay in another month than they would have, what if they have a huge win that last month? Uh, and right. for you know, for us, it's like, what if they get two clients that month, and it's like totally changes their life. So it's it's kind of like it goes hand in hand. You have to look at the numbers part of it, but then also it's like, yeah. how do we make this better? Like it, it forces you trying to beat the churn and, and increase revenue. It forces you to make your product better for the end user, which I think is better for everybody. So um, yeah, you know. and that's a great point. So I mean, without me going into my sales or aren't sleazy rant, you know, I love right. that rant. <laughs> But without getting into that, I mean, what you're talking about, how when you're looking at that, you're trying to improve your revenue, but it forces you to create a better product. And you think about think about the reason for this is because you're going to start looking at things. You're going to say, okay, how many people do we lose after the first month, right? And yeah. a lot of times that's from failure to activate. And then you might look at, okay, how far do they last? What's your lifetime value? How do we increase that lifetime value? When you start looking at those things and you're attacking those things specifically, what you're doing is you're figuring out how do we get them into the community? How do we get them consuming the content? Because it is wild how low of a percentage <laughs> of people actually complete a course that they purchase, right? It's just human nature, right? And so you're looking for things because you know like we know that people that are active in our community have more success and make more money. So us wanting people to be active in the community and stay in the community longer, yes, it helps our revenue, but it also helps them be more successful and change their lives, right? And so if you believe in your product and you believe in what you're doing and you know it's going to change lives, then you have a duty to figure these things out for their benefit, not just to make more money yourself. But when you start looking at it and going, okay, how do we get them in the community? How do we get them to ask their questions, to ask for help, to how do we help them with motivation? How do we get them to consume the content, complete the course? How do we get them to implement? How do we help them to get past obstacles like fear of failure or confidence issues or motivation or time management? All of these things, when you start looking at that and figuring out ways to help people with those demons, they are going to get better results. And it's all tied together because if they get better results, you make more money, they tell you have more success stories, they are marketing, they're, they're telling more people about it, more people are buying your stuff, more people are getting results, means more impact. And that's right. what it's really about. So yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So anyway, yeah, and it, and I think one of the things too, you know, going along with that kind of theme of you know why why do this, you know, right now, the, whenever people listen to this podcast episode months from now, like right now we're going through this whole coronavirus thing, and you know things are things are crazy and all of that. But the reason that this stuff, everything we've talked about so far in the podcast, the reason this is so important that you start taking a look at this in your business, if you do have a recurring revenue model, uh, or if you're thinking about doing it you can lean on that during hard times. We were very fortunate 
you know, in, in March, all this stuff went down. We were really fortunate in March. We still had a great month, but you know, let's say that we didn't have any sales or, you know, we had a, a horrible course launch or whatever. Uh, we knew at least at the start of the month, like we've got this much revenue coming in. And what you saw from a lot of business owners, a lot across a lot of different industries, you know, restaurants, gyms, everything, their sales went to like nothing, <laughs> you know, like their new sales went to nothing because all of a sudden everybody's got to stay inside. And this is something that like, this is going to pass and this is going to be over with, but there will be future, you know, a future crisis down the road, or there will be a future recession or whatever, like these things happen in economics. Right. And so making sure that you're, you're shoring up the, the lifetime value um, and, and making sure that you're keeping people in your group is a really, really important thing to keep your business safe over the long term. And the first thing that happens, and you see, everybody's seen this, whenever new customers stop coming in and during bad times, you have to rely on your current customers a lot of the times. Like, you know, restaurants that are, that are almost going out of business, they're relying on the people that love their restaurant to come in and buy takeout orders from them and do gift cards. And do, like, that's, that's a huge thing, you know, and you have to rely on those, those, those current customers. And so this is all, you know, that's a little bit more of like a, you know, bigger picture idea, but it's looking at the stuff sooner rather than later is important because it's the health of your business. I think it makes a healthier business if you have those recurring customers. Um, so when things do go down and if you don't have new sales coming in, you don't have new revenue coming in, you can rely on the people that you've provided a lot of value to, uh, to help float you during those times. So, and it helps you provide for your people too, right? Yeah. Like we know like our recurring revenue, our subscription revenue covers our overhead right? So with all of this going on, we know at the very least, even if we don't profit during a month when things go bad, we are at least going to be able to feed our families, provide for our families, and then provide for the people that support us and rely on us. So the people that work for us, there is zero doubt that they're going to get paid. Like that's a bit, that is something that we have going for, you know, for our business that's been great because we don't have to, we've, we've taken care of that pressure. And that's not just that, that's just recurring revenue in general. It's why recurring revenue is so important and why investors are placing so much value on recurring revenue these days. It's why you see companies like Apple that are making it so, you know, you can't just buy an iPhone anymore. You have to buy a two-year subscription to pay for it because they want the stability of that income, right? So there's it, there's so much that goes into this. Yeah. And if you're sitting here and you're like, man, this is a lot to tackle because we, I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff. Just realize that, you know, Mike and I, we're in year three of this. We're still figuring this stuff out. You know, there's still plenty of this that we need to, we need to optimize. And you're always playing that game of like, how can I make this better? How can we, how can we beat churn? How can we improve LTV? Like that's a never ending battle. But if you start to take some of these things early, like you take them on early and do the activation and do the community building and, and encourage the students talking to each other and forecast what's happening in, in your group or, you know, content, all that kind of stuff. Um, it goes a long way and, and it's much better than just always focusing. Like we talked about in the very beginning, just trying to get more sales, you know, more new revenue coming in, um, whatever you can do to start kind of shoring up the LTV and, and beating churn now is going to be huge for your business. And it's, it, you know, you're going to keep doing it forever, but you got to get started. Yep. All right. That's all we got. This was a great episode. I really enjoyed this one. I think it's going to be one of the, I think this is going to be one of the all time favorites on the show. Cause I, I just, 
at least I, you know, knowing and being a part of it, I'm like, man, this is so valuable. I wish I would have had this episode five years ago. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as, as we enjoyed talking about it and find it as valuable as we feel it is. Um, do us a favor, subscribe. So you never miss an episode. Tell your friends about the podcast. If they're building businesses, online course businesses, membership sites, blogs, YouTube channels, whatever, you know, send them this content. If you think it's helpful, we'd really appreciate it. And hopefully it will be very valuable for them. And we wish y'all all the best with everything that's going on. We hope that your family's staying safe, your business is doing well, and uh, you know, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or need any advice around your business, uh, especially with everything that's going on. See y'all next week. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. 